Hey race fans, welcome to Talking Stock. Let's go. Hey everybody, welcome back to episode number 20 already of Talking Stock. We appreciate everybody for tuning in for this milestone. As always, Novus is playing us in on the strings. I'm here with my co-host, Trey. Trey, how you doing? Feeling great, Kyle. It was my birthday weekend this past weekend, as you know. I was back home and hanging out with the boys, so it was a pretty good, exciting weekend. Uh, saw a good race Sunday. Unfortunately for me as a Kyle Bush fan, we saw that happen, and the Pittsburgh Steelers looked absolutely terrible this weekend and maybe some changes coming but probably not because the standard is the standard unfortunately i have to agree with that uh if there's any steeler fans i know there's actually a pretty solid uh, amount of steeler fans in the the northern part of the south in the virginia area north carolina area there's a lot of it's either seems to be redskins or, or steelers um and then obviously the ravens over there in the maryland half of things but uh yeah, rough season. I think rough times ahead. Unfortunately, I think if you're a Steeler fan, you might want to have to brace for that because I think it's going to get worse before it gets better. But as we go into Talladega, we got a good race. I think um, one of the better super speedways with the next gen. I thought it was pretty solid. Um, we get Trey, another galaxy brain from you. This is a win. Uh, I'm not sure, probably three or four for you on the season. Um, but back to back. Um, we both had William Byron last week, but this week you have Ryan Blaney win. He locks himself into the round of eight and joins William Byron. Trey, take us through your thought process picking Ryan Blaney and, and why he ended up in victory lane. Yeah, so feels great going back to back, really starting to separate myself in these point standings. Uh, but I just felt really good about Blaney going into this week. One, Talladega is a bit of a of a lottery ball, lottery machine type, type track, uh, especially in the playoffs. You got a lot of guys just – pushing all they have to try and keep moving on, uh, trying to get to Phoenix there. But Blaney's always run well at super speedways. Uh, that team has been somewhat dormant this year, uh, but they've also compared to like Joey Logano and the two of us and Cindric from the Penske team there. They've looked fairly decent. They've been consistent middle of the back end of the, of the, front of the pack if that makes sense so not not so much in the battling for wins but battling for top tens and just kind of keeping himself there so a big win for that team i like ryan blaney so i'm pretty excited to see him moving on now trey i'll have to ask you this um based based off of this win do you think that this was a problem that has now emerged for nascar or do you think that this is something that is going to be short-lived they're out in the round of eight is this a, a championship four team we're looking at the 12th Possibly. I think it's going to probably take another win from them in the next round because I think you're going to see guys like Denny Hamlin, William Byron, Martin Truex just have too much of a lead uh, that it, barring big mistakes from them in the round of eight uh, as and some other guys. You know, if you get any kind of surprise winner, it's really going to take a, a, a win or consistent top fives for those guys to, to make it. So I think they can make it. I'm just not sure that they'll they'll get another one. Yeah, as far as this being one of the locked-in teams for the round of eight, uh, I hate to say it's a waste of spot because eight guys were going anyway. And if I'm not mistaken, Ryan was seventh, correct? 
Yeah, he was right, right on the edge. Yeah, he was towards the bottom of it. I would have bet that they had made it looking at the guys around there. But um, I don't know. Las Vegas, Homestead, Miami, and, and uh, Martinsville. Um, I just don't think that that bodes well for them. I think this is why, while a shining moment for the 12 group, I think that they will be joining Joey Logano in the next round uh, of just kind of being, you know, just not their year at Penske. Um, but, Trey, we move on from them. A good weekend for the 12 group. Not so much of a good weekend for your eight and Kyle Bush. Their woes continue. Why is that? I don't know. It felt like each stage he had the the ability to get some stage points is really what I would have liked to see see that eight group do this weekend. They weren't they didn't have, obviously they didn't have a great week last week. Uh, wrecked out of that one early, uh, so they definitely needed points, but they weren't dead, um, but just weren't able to muster up any stage points, which just seemed to be their biggest issue this year. Now I know he finished like twenty fourth or twenty fifth this week, so that's obviously not great. But their biggest issue throughout the years, they just have not been able to consistently get the stage points and stage wins that other teams have. So I don't know if that's they they haven't had the right setup, haven't had the best car to start the race, but progressively have gotten better throughout the day, um, which has allowed them to secure multiple top tens, top fives and, and multiple wins. But that's that consistency that we see out of you know guys like Denny Hamlin and William Byron comes from the fact that they're starting up front. They're running up front all day and they get the job done at, at the end. And even if they don't win, they have the the stage points to to fall back on. And and that was just a disappointing weekend uh, as a fan of the eight. Yeah, I could definitely see that. Um, I think you have some great perspective on that. I think that those are some very great points referring to the teams have been a little more consistent. Unfortunately, you know, the spring day a winner, not that you see super speedways repeat often. Uh, but not a great day um, when you were looking for a great day uh, out of the eight. Um, Hamlin uh, kind of brings it home. Sneaky, solid finish. Finishes P4, I guess technically P3 with the Harvick DQ. Um, I think they had a very fast car. I think they led the race extremely well. They, For whatever reason, the car seemed like it was able to, to handle a push really well, especially in that middle groove. I would have loved to have seen him uh, have a shot at it, but... Like I said, the super speedways are crazy. You refer to it as a lottery ball. All are so true. It's nice to just leave with such a good finish. And I believe they're plus 50 heading into the Roval. Trey, we do mention the, the Kevin Harvick DQ there. The windshield wasn't quite tight. Uh, a P2, almost a P1. It was a, what, 0.012 behind Blaney, a photo finish. But do you think NASCAR, and honestly, do you think they DQ him if he wins that race? I don't think that they do. I think we've seen NASCAR let some guys and some teams in particular get away with things, uh, especially when they get the win. I mean, last year at the, at Pocono, when uh, Denny Hamlin and Kyle Busch were both disqualified, that was the first time since like the 60s that we saw a winner get disqualified. There's no shot in hell that in the 50 or 60 years between those two, that there wasn't a driver that was caught cheating that won the race that they just kind of let slide by. I think that they have in the last two years really started to crack down on uh, some penalties, but something to me that seems so insignificant as the windshield uh, fasteners not being completely secure doesn't seem like it's something that gives them an advantage enough for NASCAR to justify disqualifying a winner. Now that they got second, 
it does allow NASCAR to say, hey, we don't care where you finish, even if you're a top one or two guy, you know, photo finish at the end, we'll disqualify you. Yeah, I agree with that. I think it would have been comparable. I don't remember what race it was at, what the infraction was, but there was a case where I remember hearing, uh, watching a video, I believe it was Slap Shoes. Don't quote me. I'm pretty sure it's Slap Shoes on YouTube. Um, he, it was a case where Richard Childress walked over and like with the official pointed right at uh, Mark Martin's uh, engine bay and said, this is what's illegal. After a win, I believe he kept the win, but they deducted the points as a penalty. I'm not even sure they would have went that far. I think that you don't even hear about this windshield if uh, if Kevin Harvick gets the win. And man, I know that you wanted your points, Trey, but I really wanted to see uh, Kevin Harvick go to victory lane. I'm not sure if it's in the cards the rest of the way, but I, I'm still hopeful. Yeah, it's certainly a legend. I would love to see him uh, get one more before before his time's up here. I'm not sure it's going to happen. I felt like after Talladega here, probably his last best shot. Doesn't mean he can't pull one out. Uh, he, despite the woes of that Stuart Haas team, he has run fairly well for the better half of the year. Um, I'm not sure he gets it done, though. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. Uh, but moving forward, uh, we do have some pretty news, that came, uh, pretty big news that came out today. It's October 3rd uh, when we're recording this, but this was the announcement of adding Iowa to the 2024 NASCAR schedule. Uh, this will be the first time the Cup Series is at Iowa, um, which looks to be pretty exciting. Uh, I, I think it's great. I think it's a good market to be in. I think it's a good track. So I'm I'm very excited all around to see Iowa on the schedule. Yeah, I'm, I am definitely excited to see NASCAR expanding, getting to new regions, new areas. Not that they've never been in that Iowa, greater Iowa area, if you will. Um, but it's it, definitely cool to see that. I did see that that means Iowa will be the more than likely only be be the only new track on the schedule. I know that there was talks of like Montreal. Um, doesn't look like that's going to happen this year. I'm curious to see what race Iowa takes over for. Um, I think that there are some options that NASCAR has there. They haven't really dragging their legs on uh, releasing the full schedule here. So I know that recording this on Tuesday, they'll definitely come out with it Wednesday morning. So <laughs> we can't talk about it, but definitely a cool thing move for NASCAR. Excited to see them get to some new areas and hopefully get some good racing in Iowa. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Uh if I were hopeful and if it were up to me, uh, I would definitely say just removing some of the uh, the road courses that exist um, would be my preference to add Iowa. Um, obviously, they have announced that they're going back to the Brickyard at Indy, which is great. Hopefully, the next thing is is Charlotte, um, getting a second Charlotte date on the Oval. Um, but yeah, I, I hate to you know pull out of maybe one of the newer road courses, but I think that is the most practical thing to do, to add Iowa. But uh, moving forward, we do unfortunately have the Roval this Sunday at 2 p.m. on NBC, uh, one of our favorite Franken courses here on the podcast. Uh, that is to say, we're not the biggest fans of the course. But, Trey, it will be the end of the round of 12. Uh, what do we have in store for us? Probably not great racing. This is just a kind of a slap-together track that NASCAR tried to get creative with. It hasn't really worked out in its first uh, several years that they've done this. Um, I'm hoping that this is the last time we have to endure it. Uh, the the mile and a half tracks have really prospered this year. Uh, even tracks like Texas that have been so terrible didn't look half bad. Um, 
but Charlotte in particular this year was awesome. So we'd love to see them get two dates at the Oval. Uh, but as for the road course, I think we're just going to see some typical standard uh, not being able to pass racing that we've seen at all the road courses um, and just kind of a really meh day. Yeah, I think that's certainly what we are in store for. Um, but you never know. Last year we did get a cool moment um, with a walk-off win by Christopher Bell in the 20 group, uh, sneaking into the round of eight. Their day was definitely done as far as the playoffs were concerned. They end up going to the championship four. So, uh, Trey, we have any uh, rabbits pulling rabbits out of the hat type deal uh, coming into this week? You think we've got Kyle Busch minus 20, Ross Chastain minus 10, Bubba minus 9, and Tyler Reddick minus 2. I think Tyler Reddick is the most likely. Um, and then as we cut count the bubble, you know, the eighth position right now is Brad K at plus 2. Yeah, I mean, I think out of the group, those four that are currently not moving on, Tyler Reddick's the most obvious to say that he will. But bias in me tells me maybe this is Kyle Bush's chance to pull the the Christopher Bell of last year and sneak one sneak one in. It's probably going to take a win. Being twenty points down, I mean it's it is possible. It doesn't. It's not something that hasn't been seen before. But it would take a really spectacular day for Kyle and several guys. Um, you know, from eighth, seventh, or eighth on down to have pretty crappy days. So. Not sure if it happens, but hopefully. Well, you never know. Um, we have we have pointed to several times before, and it's, it's definitely been brought up on the bod, uh, the broadcasts, I should say, during the race. And that's whenever the eight group ran well last year, it has typically ran well this year. And they led 21 laps, Tyler Reddick did, in the three chief Chevrolet. Um, so it was about a quarter of the race they spent up front. So I wouldn't quite rule out Kyle Busch just yet, but uh, – on that note, Trey, we'll get into our picks. Who do you see going to victory lane this week? I got the guy that's been kind of cool recently, but he's still in the playoffs, and that's the 17 of Chris Busher. Run well at road courses throughout most of his career. I don't know, but he does not have he does not have a win on a road course, but he's pretty consistently battling uh up front on them. Yeah, I, I think that's a good pick. Uh they just need a good race this week. Um, plus 19 is Christopher Busher. <laughs> I made the Dale Jr. stink there. Chris Busher. Um, I'm looking at the list. That right above him is Christopher Bell at plus 22. Um, but I think that's a good pick. Always very solid on road courses. Um, and with the Roval, you really just don't know what to expect. Um, as for myself, I do think that we have a car that is outside of the top 12 make it. I'm sorry, the top eight make it. And that's going to be Tyler Reddick. Obviously very solid on the road courses. But most of all, it's not just because he's the best road course driver. Uh, I think Toyota's really stepped up their game, probably in part because of Tyler Reddick's knowledge of how the road courses kind of work with the next gen. Uh, but I just think Toyota's been very talented this year uh, as far as their equipment. And I think that Tyler Reddick is a very talented driver. So I'm going to pick Tyler Reddick to win this weekend. Yeah, great pick. Yeah, I definitely have Tyler in my in my top five joining Chris Buescher and then Joining the two of them, uh, William Byron, I don't think we've talked about him enough today. You know, finishing uh, in victory lane two weeks ago at Texas and finished second this weekend after the disqualification of Kevin Harvick. So I guess even if you want to say that he finished third, he's been really dominant. Even in the first round, we said he was kind of dormant. But when I say that, I think he finished top 15 every race. So he's been 
been running super well. That team's been great all year. So see him in the top five. Yeah, I definitely agree with uh, the fact that a Hendrick driver will be in the top five. Not that Willie B won't be competitive, but I'm going to pick Kyle Larson, uh, the 19 of Martin Truex, and obviously Tyler Reddick uh, to wrap up my three of five. Hopefully I've got a winner in me and maybe a couple extra points. The standings lead uh, 37 to 28 in favor of Trey. Uh, plus five for him this past weekend with Ryan Blaney. I got plus one for Denny Hamlin. Um, so hopefully, you know, being down, uh, not too many points, but the the margin could definitely get out of hand quickly. So hopefully I've got something in me. Um, as we kind of wrap up here uh, with a question from Twitter, uh, with the addition of Iowa, what are some other changes you would make to the 2024 schedule? Trey, I think we kind of hit, hit on this earlier. Uh, hopefully, hopefully we didn't spoil it too much. But what would you do to the schedule? to make it to look how you would want it as a fan. In a utopian world, I would like to see all the road courses gone, strictly oval, strictly super speedways, but I don't think that that's going to happen. But I think that the most possible solution, you know, we've already seen the Indy road course go away, would be the the Charlotte Rove will go away um, and get us back to, uh, to two oval dates at Charlotte. So, Probably. I think that there's still a chance that that happens. There hasn't been any announcement either way, uh, but we'll see what happens here in the next couple of days when NASCAR releases it. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, if I could pick it, I'd go down to Sonoma, Watkins Glen. Those are the two. Uh, honestly, I, I think it might just be two. <laughs> yeah, if we have to um, keep road courses, just those two, in my yeah, opinion. Honestly, just those two. Obviously, eliminate uh, the Charlotte Roval. That was never good. Um, it's not even a road course. It's just a monstrosity, frankly. Um, but, you know, as many short tracks we get on it, as we continue to improve the short track package, I think that the more durable bodies that we have on these next-gen cars are really going to make for some exciting racing. So hopefully in 24, they've got some improvements to that. And uh, we get back to, as we were in the last gen, really enjoying the short tracks. Um, but I think that would be my suggestions for 2024. But as always, we appreciate you checking us out. Be sure to check out our Twitter page at Talking Sock Pod. We want you to know, we want to know who you are rooting for and where you're rooting from. And as always, enjoy Charlotte. Mm-hmm.